1: Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton.
2: Think of all the people who reject Jesus Christ that are invited, but they're not willing to come to him and be saved. They want nothing to do with Jesus. They decline the invitation to come to him. Hey, the king of the universe is inviting you to the wedding of his son. It will be the greatest celebration ever, and your name is on the on the guest list, and many people say, "No thanks. I'm not interested." But you're invited. I don't care. I'm not interested.
1: Our culture likes to paint Christianity as exclusive and unwelcoming. Sadly, there have been many instances where Christians have misrepresented Christ in these ways, but that's the thing. When we genuinely represent Christ, we'll be inclusive and welcoming on a level that will seem strange to the world around us. As Pastor Dan will clarify in today's message, Jesus invites everyone to His table, no matter how dirty or broken. It's our choice whether we accept that invitation. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Matthew, chapter 22, for today's edition of Ring of Truth.
2: Matthew chapter 22, we pick it up in verse 1, where it says, And Jesus answered and spoke to them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son and sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding, and they were not willing to come. Again, he sent out other servants, saying, Tell those who are invited, See, I have prepared my dinner My oxen and fatted cattle are killed, and all things are ready. Come to the wedding. But they made light of it and went their ways, one to his own farm, another to his business. And the rest seized his servants, treated them spitefully, and killed them. But when the king heard about it, he was furious. And he sent out his armies, destroyed those murderers, and burned up their city. Then he said to his servants, the wedding is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Therefore, go into the highways and as many as you find, invite to the wedding. And so those servants went out into the highways and they gathered together all whom they found both bad and good. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he saw a man there who did not have on a wedding garment. And so he said to him, Friend, how did you come in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. And then the king said to the servants, Bind him hand and foot, take him away, and cast him into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen. Well, Jesus is in Jerusalem for the Passover He is in his final week before his crucifixion and resurrection. And chapter 22 is really a continuation of the events of chapter 21 that we looked at last week. If you look back in chapter 21, verse 23, we see that Jesus entered the temple in Jerusalem. Uh, Rabbis would teach their disciples. Jesus, as we saw in chapter 21, uh, was teaching in the temple Uh, Luke's account says the people were hanging on his every word as he taught. You can picture, you know, thousands and thousands of people that are there listening carefully and quietly to Jesus teach. And the chief priests and elders of the Jews interrupted Jesus while he was teaching and they questioned his authority. And they said, by what authority do you do these things? And who gave you this authority? And Jesus responded to the religious leaders by asking them a question about John the Baptist. And he said, I'll answer your question if you answer my question first. John the Baptist, was he from God or from man? And immediately Jesus caught the religious leaders on the horns of a dilemma. Because if they said John was from God then why didn't they believe what John said about Jesus? Jesus? John said Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Uh, if they say that John's ministry was from man and not from God, they feared the crowd because the crowd counted John as a prophet. And so the religious leaders answered, we do not know. And they were greatly humiliated in front of that crowd that was gathered and watching. And then Jesus said, shared three parables, again, still in front of the crowd of people that is gathered. We looked at the first two parables last Sunday in chapter 21. Uh, The first was the parable of the two sons in verses 28 to 32 of chapter 21. In that parable, Jesus said tax collectors and harlots will enter the kingdom of God before the religious leaders because tax collectors and harlots believed the preaching of John the Baptist and repented, of their sins while the religious leaders did not the second parable was in verses 33 to 44 in the second parable jesus said to the religious leaders the kingdom of god will be taken from you and given to those who believe in jesus and bear fruit for god at the end of ver- at the end of chapter 21 the religious leaders were told perceived that jesus was talking about them with these parables and They wanted to destroy him and take him by force, but they couldn't because they feared the multitudes, for the multitudes took Jesus for a prophet. And now that brings us into chapter 22 and the third parable that Jesus told. There there were no chapter breaks in the original text, so this just continues the same event. It's the same scene in the temple in front of the huge crowd that is watching Jesus confront these religious leaders. And Jesus tells this third parable. This third parable is the parable of the wedding feast. Again, look at verse 1. It says, And Jesus answered and spoke to them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son. So in this parable, a king prepares a wedding celebration for his son. And in this parable, the king represents God The Son represents Jesus Christ, and the wedding feast or the wedding celebration is what the Bible calls the marriage supper of the Lamb that believers in Jesus Christ will celebrate with Jesus. Uh, In Revelation chapter 19, if you're taking notes, Revelation chapter 19, verses 7 to 9, it says, Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready, and to her it will be granted to be arrayed in fine linen, that's important, arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright, for the for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Then he said to me, Write, blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. The marriage supper of the Lamb will take place right after the return of Jesus Christ to the earth in, in glory and great power, when he returns to the earth to establish his kingdom on the earth, it doesn't take place in heaven, although you hear that quite often from Bible teachers. It takes place on the earth after Jesus returns. The Bible tells us that, that we will return with him to the earth. In Revelation chapter 19 again, It describes the return of Christ riding out of heaven on a white horse and his he has a robe on clothed with a robe dipped in blood and his name is called the word of God. And it says, and the armies of heaven, listen, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. That's that's the church. That's believers. That'll be us. The Bible describes Jesus as the bridegroom and the church as his bride. And one of the first things we will do when we return with Christ, if not the first thing, will be celebrating the marriage supper of the Lamb. Jesus will have a great big wedding reception when he returns to the earth to celebrate with his bride, the church. And listen to this in Luke chapter 12. Verse 37, it says that Jesus will gird himself and have us sit down to eat and he will come and serve us at this meal. He'll serve us. Isn't that crazy? We should be serving him, but he will serve us at the marriage supper of the lamb. Remember at the last supper, he said to his disciples, uh, I, I, I will not drink Of this cup again, the cup of wine, until I drink it with you in my kingdom. The next time, he says, I'm going to have a glass of wine with my disciples, will be in the kingdom at the marriage supper of the Lamb.
1: We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City Act.
2: We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, in your app store, or just follow the links on our website, at CalvaryEC.com, what
1: a great way to stay connected to Scripture! Now back to today's message on Ring of Truth.
2: Now, wedding celebrations in ancient Israel were very big events. I know that we think that our wedding celebrations and receptions are are a big deal, but in ancient Israel, they lasted seven days, and guests were expected to stay the entire seven days of the celebration. And in this parable that we're looking at here, in this parable, this isn't the wedding of just anyone. I mean, it's not the wedding of the son of your neighbor that lives three doors down, right? Where you're like, I didn't even know they had a son, you know, and are invited to this thing. It's not the wedding of your second cousin on your mother's side that you've only met a couple times at some family events and you feel obligated to go to the wedding because it's a family member and your mom will be upset if you don't go. Look what it says. This is the wedding of the son of the king, the son of the king. This is a royal wedding. If this were a royal wedding today, this would be the wedding of the century, the biggest wedding in your lifetime. And you can imagine only the A-list people and biggest names and celebrities would be invited to the wedding of the son of the king, not common folk like us. You know, if, if you watched recently with the funeral of the Queen of England and how, uh, you know, the common folks lined the street and, and watched the hearse go by and the casket go by. The, the A-listers went into the church, right, for the actual funeral ceremony. Look at verse 2 again. The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son and he sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding And they were not willing to come. The king sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding. But those who were invited to the wedding were not willing to come. This is unthinkable. They're invited to the wedding celebration of the son of the king. It's the biggest event ever. And they're not willing to come. This speaks uh, specifically of the Jewish leaders in Jesus' day. They were invited to believe in Jesus Christ and receive him as their promised Messiah, but they weren't willing to receive him. Remember the scene. He's addressing the religious leaders in the temple with this parable. Uh, The religious leaders were invited to receive Jesus. They were invited by the prophets and the hundreds of messianic prophecies that Jesus fulfilled, but they wouldn't come to Jesus. They wouldn't receive him as their Messiah. Uh, Turn over just a page or two in your Bible to the right to Matthew 23, verse 37. Matthew 23, verse 37. Here, Jesus says, he, he laments over Jerusalem and says, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. But you were not willing. You were not willing. I I, I wanted to just gather you like a mother hen gathers her chicks under her wings. I wanted to protect you. I wanted to save you. But they weren't willing to let him. They, they, They were invited, but they weren't willing to come. Think of all the people who reject Jesus Christ. Think of all the people who reject Jesus Christ that are invited, but they're not willing to come to him and be saved. They want nothing to do with Jesus They declined the invitation to come to him. Hey, the king of the universe is inviting you to the wedding of his son. It will be the greatest celebration ever. And your name is on the the guest list. And many people say, no, thanks. I'm not interested. But you're invited. I don't care. I'm not interested. In verse 4, the king gives them another chance to come to the wedding. Look at verse 4. Again, he sent out other servants saying, Tell those who were invited, see, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fatted cattle are killed, and all things are ready. Come to the wedding. This is a picture of God's grace, a picture of God's grace. He is the sovereign king. This is the wedding of his only son, and they decline the offer, which is incredibly insulting to the king. But the king gives his invitation again, a second time. How many invitations did Jesus give us? The king sends other servants. And this time they tell those who are invited that the dinner is prepared. The oxen and fatted calf are killed. All things are are ready. Now, when you see their oxen and fatted calf, uh, this is an extravagant feast. Uh, You you would think people would go to this wedding just for the lavish dinner uh, that would be. So you've gone to some weddings just for the reception, right? If you're honest, you're in church, so don't act like super pious. Whose wedding is this again? Do you you think they'll have crab cakes? You know, that kind of thing. Look at verse 5. But they made light of it. They made light of it and went their ways, one to his own farm, another to his business, they, they made light of the invitation to the wedding celebration of the king's son. Uh, to make light of here, it, it means to treat something as unimportant or insignificant. This is the most significant thing ever, but they treat it as something unimportant and insignificant. You share Jesus with some people and they make light of it. You invite them to have their sins forgiven and to have the assurance of eternal life and to be reconciled to God. You you invite them to the wedding celebration of the Son of God, and they scorn, and they mock, and they ridicule, and they say, I don't need God. I don't need your Jesus. I don't need a Savior. What do you mean I need to be saved? Saved from what? All all that religion and Bible stuff, it's just ridiculous. It's for the weak-minded, and they make light of it. And look what it says. They, they went their way, one to his farm, another to his business. That These people were focused on their personal pursuits in this world, and they ignored God's invitation. And so many people in this world are just focused on the things of this life and focused on the things of this world, focused on the temporal and give no thought to the eternal. You now this reminds me of another parable that jesus told uh, earlier in his ministry it's very similar to this parable uh, you don't have to turn there but it's in luke chapter 14 luke 14 beginning in verse 16 luke 14:16 he said jesus said a certain man gave a great supper and invited many and he sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited come for all things are now ready But they all with one accord began to make excuses. The first said to him, well, I have bought a piece of ground and I must go and see it. I ask you to have me excused. And another said, well, I've bought five yoke of oxen and I'm going to test them. And I ask you to have me excused. Still another said, I have married a wife (laughs) and therefore I can't come. Here they're invited in this parable to this great supper and they all began to make excuses as to why they, they can't come. And they're, they're really lame excuses. The first guy says, well, I've, I've bought a piece of property. I need to go see it. You look at a piece of property before you buy it. And the, se- the second guy says, I've bought five yoke of oxen. I need to go test them. You test drive a car before you buy it. The third guy just said, hey, I, I got a wife. I can't come. What does that mean? You know, like, like hey, I got a wife. Uh, so they all made excuses as to why they can't come to the feast. I, I'm, I'm busy. I'm busy with my worldly pursuits. I, I, I can't come. And here in Matthew chapter 22, they made light of this invitation. And, and, and really, it's arrogant on their part to be so dismissive of God and focused on their worldly pursuits. It's arrogant and it's insulting to God. It's insulting to God to make excuses as to why you can't receive his invitation. You know, in Job chapter 12, verse 10, it says, For the life of every living thing is in his hand, and the breath of every human being is in his hand. Our life is in his hands. Our next breath is in his hands. And yet people offer lame excuses. As to why they can't come to Jesus. They can't receive his invitation. I, I'm too busy with other things. My, my business is more important to me than coming to Jesus Christ. They have to go check on my farm. I've got to go check on my oxen that I bought. They, you know, we have all these excuses for the God that created you and holds your life in his hand. And we've all heard excuses from people. Oh, I, I can't come to church with you because Sunday's my day to sleep in. Oh, I guess your sleep's important. Jesus said we should seek first the kingdom of God above everything else. He made you. He created you. He, he sustains your life. Your life is in his hands. Look at verse 6 again. Now the rest seized his servants, treated them spitefully, and killed them. So, so God sent the prophets to Israel to invite them. Then he sent John the Baptist to invite people. Then he sent his apostles to invite people. And the people, uh, you know, rejected the prophets and rejected John the Baptist. And most of the apostles were mistreated and killed. John was killed. The prophets were killed. They they just rejected these repeated invitations from God. And, And understand that a king's servants represented the king. And so mistreating or killing the king's servants was an act of treason. It was an act of revolt against the king. And naturally, a king will not tolerate treason. A a king will will not tolerate a revolt. And the king will retaliate against that revolt. That's exactly what happens in verse 7. But when the king heard about it, he was furious. And he sent out his armies, he destroyed those murderers, and burned up their city. Now, in verse 7, you can underline the word furious. Uh, Again, the king in this parable represents God. The Bible says that God is slow to anger, that he's long-suffering, that he's patient. But there is a point when his patience runs out. And he becomes furious with those who reject his repeated invitations. To receive Jesus Christ furious. The word means enraged, filled with anger. Some some people will say in their heart, well, I don't believe in a God who gets angry with people. I don't believe in a God of wrath. I don't believe in a God who judges people who reject him. That's the Old Testament God. I like the New Testament God. The New Testament God is nice. This is the New Testament. Those are red letters. Jesus is speaking. The rejection of God's repeated invitations to receive Jesus Christ and be saved makes God furious.
1: You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Matthew, the first book in the New Testament. Pastor Dan has more to share with you next time, but if you have any questions or would like to talk to us and have any prayer requests, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at 410-491-4592. The number again is 410-491-4592. You can also get in touch with us by visiting our website. Go to calvaryec.com and look under the About tab, then click on Contact. You're welcome to submit prayer requests on our website, too. If you're interested in finding additional messages from this series, you can access those at calvaryec.com as well, under the Media tab. Have you connected with a local church? If not, we encourage you to find a church family. It will help guide and support you in your faith. If you're in the area, please join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, in Columbia, Maryland. For more details, visit calvaryec.com. Our website is a great place to find out what we believe. And you can also get to know Pastor Dan a little more. Feel free to explore and learn more at calvaryec.com. In our next edition, you'll have the opportunity to gain some additional insights from this New Testament book. Pastor Dan will help bring some things to light for you right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize
3: the hands that crack.